Welcome to the Mandela Podcast, where we help you feel your best body, mind, and soul. Hey there, it's Charlie McDermott back in the studio and fortunately back with Bree Jaworski. Bree, how you doing? I'm great, Charlie. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? Doing terrific. And once again, congratulations on episode one. But I'm really psyched about the next episode. You share some notes with me and not only for this episode, but quite a few here. You have quite a series planned in these next few episodes, don't you? Yes. So I was thinking about where do I want to begin? Where do I want to start? And I kind of was thinking about what some of the main kind of hot topics in regards to mental health are these days. And one of the things is personality disorders. So in particular, a group of personality disorders, which we classify under a cluster called cluster B. So anybody that's familiar with cluster B, that's where we've got our antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, and histrionic personality disorder. So that's going to be our series. It's just going to be all about cluster B and just telling you a little bit about each one. And today we're going to start off with borderline personality disorder. I I love it. I love it in that I'm I'm going to learn a lot here. <laughs> so selfishly, I love it. So. Well, good. I mean, that's the point. Yeah. We want people to learn, and that's the main thing. Uh, that's if, if, if people can take away anything from this episode, yeah. I think it would be that BPD in general, I think, has a really negative stigma. And so if I can dispel some of those kind of uh, misconceptions about it, then I feel like I've done my job today. And hopefully people can learn a little bit about that in a positive way. So we'll see. And, uh, and, And you'll probably get into this, but just to put it out there, when you get into these different personality disorders, do you find that individuals tend to have just one or multiple or different times, different personalities? How does that kind of play out? That's a good question. So yes, we definitely do see co-occurring personality disorders and also mood disorders and all sorts of things. So um, a lot of times, a lot of times people have more than one diagnosis, but the other part of that is a lot of the diagnoses have overlapping symptoms. So sometimes people may not have as many diagnoses as they think if um, different things are being either misrepresented or misinterpreted as something else. So they may have symptoms of depression and things like that. And actually one Mm -hmm. of the things that we're going to talk about is the different um, presentations of BPD. And one of them really does mimic like major depressive disorder. So that's one Mm -hmm. that sometimes people get uh, diagnosed incorrectly. So we're going to talk about that. But yeah, a lot of the symptomology is the same with overlapping diagnoses too. So it can get confusing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But fortunately, we have you here and you're going to make it real plain and easy for everyone. (laughs) Either that or just confuse everybody more. So we'll see. (laughs) So borderline personality disorder. Let's start there. Yes. So for the purpose of this podcast, I'm just going to be referring to borderline personality disorder as BPD moving forward. It's just a little quicker and easier. But um, so, yeah, so a quick story. Uh, when I was in grad school, I remember being in class. And now at this time I was working kind of in a non-clinical setting. So I'd never, I never worked with anyone that I knew had been diagnosed with uh, BPD. So I remember not only my professors, but also other students being like, oh, people with BPD, they're a nightmare. They're the worst clients to work with. They are, you know, they're the ones that you don't want. They're every therapist nightmare, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I leave, I leave um, class that night and I'm like, oh my goodness, I hope I never get a client like this. They sound awful, you know? 
And to be honest, in my experience now, working in the field for a long time, people who have been diagnosed with BPD have been some of my all-time favorite clients. I know you're not supposed to have favorite clients, but like I'm human and like, you know, so, but some (laughs) of my favorite clients to work with for sure. And so I definitely want to try to kind of dispel a lot of the rumors and misconceptions that there are around BPD. And there are definitely four distinct presentations in BPD. And it's not always the one that we think of when we think of BPD. So I'm going to talk about that too, but then I'm going to talk about some of the other subtleties and and different presentations too. So, Um, all right. So let's get into it. Um, So the very first uh, presentation of BPD that I want to talk about is what I like to refer to as the loud presentation. This is loud BPD. This is the one that my professors and the other students in class were talking about. Um, And this is the one I think that stereotypically people think of when they think of BPD. This is very, um, has a lot of uh, overlapping uh, narcissistic tendencies, very loud, can be full of rage, screaming, yelling, um, especially when distressed, uh, breaking Mm. objects, road rage, a lot of Mm. boundary pushing, uh, just very explosive. So this is, um, it's, and this definitely is part of BPD. And this is the tricky thing because, you know, there's a list of criteria that we go off of when we have to diagnose someone. And, you know, some of the things are very much going to fit into this category where some of the things are going to fit into some of the other categories that we're going to get into. But so this is the stereotypical BPD. Um, But I have to tell you, this is not typically what I see a lot. I don't see a lot of this very loud presenting. It could be because maybe those people don't come to therapy as much. That definitely could be why. Um, But I want to talk about some of the other ones. So Another presentation of BPD is what I like to refer to as quiet BPD. So we had loud BPD and now we have quiet BPD. So if we think of loud BPD as being very explosive, especially towards other people, uh, quiet BPD is very um, kind of like instead of an explosion, we have an implosion. So these Mm -hmm. people are very typically very high functioning. They internalize a lot of things. So instead of getting upset outwardly at someone else, they're going to get upset with themselves. They typically are very fragile people. They, their emotions run high. They get very upset about um, any either actual or perceived abandonment. And they typically take that stuff out on themselves. So they're very, they lack a lot of self-compassion. They have a lot of negative self-talk, sometimes some suicidal ideation, self-harming. But you'll see that these people are typically uh, very, very much people pleasers. So they're not that loud presentation. They want to make people happy. They want to go out of their way to make things um, happy between people. And they get very, very upset when relationships um, don't work out that way and aren't as kind of easygoing and free flowing as they'd like. They, they really don't want to rock the boat. They want everything to be calm and, and kind of nice for everybody. And if it doesn't turn out that way, they're not going to take it out on you. They're going to take it out on themselves, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely one of, yeah, that's one of the the types of, I think people don't talk about and don't think about when, when they think of BPD. So, um, and it, again, it's, it's not like, when we're diagnosing someone, we're saying, I might say this to them, but generally speaking, I'm not going to look in the DSM and say like, oh, this person's got quiet BPD. Like that's not an actual thing. That's just as a clinician, me telling you the different types of presentations that we might see. 
Uh, so moving on to the third one, um, this is what we call kind of like the petulant, uh, moody, childlike BPD. And it's very much, if you think of kind of a bratty little kid, uh, it can be very much like that, like throwing tantrums, um, kind of very socially immature, and they can fluctuate. They kind of fluctuate between the two that I just mentioned, the quiet and the loud. Uh, so they can be very explosive towards people, but they can be very internally um, damaging to themselves with a lot of negative self-talk and things like that. Most of that comes from just feelings of, you know, being unloved or feeling like they're unworthy of people's love. So most of that comes from just like a deep-seated, um, just a, a lack of self-esteem and self-worth and stuff like that. So it can present either way. It can present outwardly or inwardly. Um, but again, we see a lot of um, just kind of bratty behavior, what people consider bratty behavior um, and attention-seeking tantrums, things like that. So that would be... Um, uh, the petulant version of the, yeah. so that's the third one. Okay. So that one could be more of what people think of in a stereotypical way, because it can present very um, uh, negative in an outward way. And those, the people with either loud BPD or petulant BPD do have a really hard time with relationships, interpersonal relationships. So um, a very difficult time, in romantic relationships, but just really any romance or any relationship in their life. So whether that be family members or friends, or they just have a lot of turbulence in their relationships, it's hard for them to keep things kind of calm. Hmm. And then that brings us to the fourth uh, presentation for BPD, which is the depressive presentation. So this is the one I mentioned before that can get um, misdiagnosed with um, depressive disorder, major depressive disorder, because this person um, is kind of uniformly dysphoric and depressed most of the time. That's the major presentation. It's just really mm. depressed. I mean, they have a really hard time holding employment. They have a hard time taking care of themselves. I mean, on a base, very basic level, like basic hygiene, being able to get out of bed, like those things are very, very difficult for them. For them, a lot of times, definitely have a a hard time, if not impossible time, taking care of anyone that would be in their care, meaning children or even pets and things like that. Mm. They find it very difficult to take care of. Um, so they can be very neglectful in that way. They don't mean to be, but it's just, you know, the depressive and dysphoric um, thoughts and moods that they have just make it basically impossible for them to function at a really high level. And so wow. we have a lot of isolation with that. And again, uh, the suicidal ideology and... Um, the self-harming behavior. So that kind of like in a nutshell gives you the mm. four different types of BPD. So not everybody is yelling and screaming and cussing at people and, and making a scene. Some of them are very, very internally hurting. Um, and yeah. the hard thing about personality disorders also is there's no medication for personality disorder. You can treat some of the symptomology of the personality disorders with different medications that are typically made for different things. Um, but really, therapy is the most effective um, treatment for someone with a personality disorder so that they can um, really assimilate into, you know, our culture and our, our, our world in a way that's more acceptable and, and yeah. conducive to dealing with other people on a, on a regular basis. So. And where, Bree, I'm sure it's very gray, but, you know, where, where is that line where you go... Hmm. 
you know, I need help. Um, yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is anytime you have anything, whether it be BPD or otherwise, anytime yeah. you have anything where it's taking a major negative toll on your life, whether it be in a work capacity in relationships in you know, whatever, being able to go to school or just like function in a, in a productive way. I think that's the biggest red flag because that could be again, totally moving away from BPD, but that could be completely situational. You know, people have tragedies or some sort of trauma and they're just not able to at that time function anymore in the, in the way that they used to be or the way that they're accustomed to. And so I think anytime that it's taking like a major negative toll on your life, no matter what it is or what's happened, I think that's the time for someone to, to seek help outside of themselves. You know, like sometimes it's just, it's too much for us to try to figure out on our own. And, um, we really just need to seek outside help just the same way we would with something medical. You know, if you broke your leg, you're not going to just try to tough it out. Well, maybe some people would, but <laughs> most people wouldn't try to tough it out and just figure out how to, you know, fix it on their own. They would seek help. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine even, even friends and family, it's, it's tough really to, to get anywhere because they just tell, well, Charlie, just suck it up or, yes. you know, or don't worry, you know, it's just a phase and, yeah, our, our families are notorious for trying to help, but being some of the worst help because they're just too close to the situation. You know, kind of the analogy I always use for people in a variety of different things in mental health is, you know, if I gave you a piece of paper and I said, put it up to your nose and tell me what it says, mm. you wouldn't be able to read it to you, to me. But, you know, if you place it out, you can read it clearly. And that's kind of where we are. We're not directly involved. We're, we're a step yeah. back so we can see things a little more clearly. We're able to help from an objective standpoint. And, yeah. and, you know, we're not as, we're not emotionally attached in that way. And, and your actions, good, bad, or indifferent don't affect us in that way. Whereas family and friends have, you know, they have a stake in the game. So they yeah. are trying to do yeah. the best they can, but they can be really seriously negative of, negatively affected by um emotional stuff going on with you as well so it's hard for them yeah. to be objective understandably so yeah yeah that's a real good point okay well you did not disappoint brie I, <laughs> I took lots of notes <laughs> and this is crash course on bpd <laughs> bpd i'll be using that the rest of the day with bar <laughs> uh, <laughs> and just remember it's not it's not a put down if you say it you know some of them are <laughs> the qualities are lovely you know? uh, well this has been lovely uh and and you know that you have um i know your goal with this podcast has been to help individuals uh with those struggles and uh what a great start, Bree. So thank you for sharing all that and uh, look forward to the You're next welcome. episode. And uh, you want to give a little teaser uh, what you have in store for the next episode? Yeah. So we're going to be covering one of the other cluster B personality disorders. So I haven't decided yet, but it's either going to be antisocial, narcissistic, or histrionic. And we'll eventually cover all four of them so that everybody gets the little bit of information yeah. or misnomers yeah. that you may have covered. And and if you think that you may be suffering from something like this or somebody else that you know or are close to, then please give us a call and maybe we can help out with that. Terrific. Well, Bree, until the next episode, you have a uh, wonderful day and week there and Charlie. we'll talk soon. 
Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Mandela Podcast. To learn more about Mandela Counseling and Health Coaching, go to www.mandela-counseling.com. That's www.mandela-counseling, C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G.com or call 239 360 one nine eight three or visit us on Facebook or Instagram.